0: Welcome to the Safe Enough podcast. This podcast is an exploration of what it means to feel safe enough in order to live the kind of life or make the kind of changes that transform our lives into those with all the love connection, belonging, and purpose that we seek and strive for. My name is McPherson Borabach, founder of the It Begins to Move Studio. I'm a safety and self-worth recovery partner, and I'm so happy that you're here. This is the third of four episodes on the basics of feeling safe enough to heal and make changes towards a life that is full of love, connection, belonging, and purpose. In the first episode, I defined safety. In the previous episode, I talked about why I think it's time to go beyond trauma-informed approaches. And in this episode, I'll talk about how to make real, lasting change in a way that is the most effective and also happens to be gentle. So the process of healing, of discovering or rediscovering your self-worth is ultimately a process about change. Struggling with self-esteem and self-worth, anxiety and depression, achievement, life balance and purpose, and often having relationship conflicts or interpersonal conflicts with other humans, they're often indicators of automatic self-protective responses. As I talked about in the previous episodes, episode eight, what is safety and episode nine, beyond trauma informed, automatic self-protective responses come about for very good reasons and they themselves are not actually the problem. In fact, every single automatic self-protective response is a solution to a problem from the past, every single automatic self-protective response is a solution and it's important to treat them as such instead of like reprimanding yourself for doing it again. Have you ever said to yourself like, there I go doing that thing again. Gosh, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just stop doing that? Even anxiety and depression, even becoming angry at a partner, these are not problems per se. They're signposts. They're pointers. And they point to something that needs attention that hasn't, it hasn't been getting that attention or it hasn't been getting enough attention or the right kind of attention. Well, okay, here's the thing. It's the fact that these kinds of responses are automatic that makes them so hard to change. This is the part that makes it feel like change is elusive and like change can't happen. And it most certainly can. You can feel at ease, secure, happy, content, connected to others, connected to yourself and the world. You can actually transform a relationship with your partner or with yourself. You can. But you have to understand how that automatic response happens in order to be able to work with it, with it, to create real change. Not against it, but with it. And I mean like the change, the kind of change that lasts, the kind of change that allows you to create the life that you want and that ensures ensures it stays that way and isn't just a fleeting reprieve. So as as I said in the previous episode, episode nine, Beyond Trauma Informed, being trauma informed is the right place to start. Trauma informed means that you fully understand that the way that somebody behaves and feels now, especially problematic behaviors, um, it's not based on an inherent personality flaw or a motivation to be a terrible person, but it's the result of something truly tough that happened at some point in the past. And as I also said in the last episode, even if someone's behavior and feelings in the present time like are the, the direct result of, um, we could say like sort of abnormal brain structures and nervous system processes, neuroscience has proved that going through tough experiences without the proper support, without the proper support actually changes the brain and nervous system, creates structural changes. Okay. So like as an example, someone may have crippling fear and anxiety due to an overactive amygdala and an underactive medial prefrontal cortex. And that might actually be factually true in the here and now, right? Like someone has these these crippling fears um, as a direct result of the way that their brain is structured. Right? So I'm not arguing that. However, that person, just in this in an example, that person's amygdala may have grown abnormally large, and therefore created like a, a habitualized downregulation of their medial prefrontal cortex because of or as a result of prolonged neglect or overt abuse, um, and the experience of unrelenting terror during early childhood when that brain, that person's brain was first forming understanding how those parts of someone's history, their physiology, and their behavior all fit together, that's representative of a trauma-informed approach. It's massively important because it takes blame and shame off of a person who struggles with automatic traumatic responses. And not only that, it helps point change efforts in the right direction. Change can happen. But it has to happen at the level of the brain and the nervous system. And the brain is actually a, a, it, it's a part of the nervous system. So when I say nervous system, I include the brain too. Okay. So if change doesn't happen at this brute level, it is fleeting at best. At best. Like a Band-Aid for a deep cut that keeps bleeding. Healing. Discovering or rediscovering your self worth is ultimately a process of changing automatic self protective responses that occur at the level of your nervous system. I can't say this enough. Changing automatic, adaptive, brilliant self protective coping strategies requires an an understanding of not just how to establish, but how to maintain a felt sense of safety and an authentic and legitimate connection during a process that will inherently resist change when done without skill. A nervous system-informed approach understands that when your body is responding in a self-protective way, that means it feels unsafe. Why else would you need to protect yourself? But here's the thing. Where a trauma-informed approach may understand that you carry fear, for example, because of scary things that happened in the past, a nervous system informed approach understands all the different ways that fear might look, especially when it looks like laziness, forgetfulness, combativeness, avoidance, loneliness, intellectualization. This is just to name a few. A nervous system-informed approach never forces you to act against your self-protection. So, for example, a true nervous system-informed approach would never force you to push past your laziness because it recognizes that laziness is a manifestation of self-protection. And a nervous system-informed approach always focuses on the central question, what do you need to feel safe? Because when it's activated, all of your complex reasoning and problem-solving skills are shut off, and you need these parts of your brain and your nervous system to be active in order to try something different and actually create change. But you can't access those parts of your brain and your nervous system when you're feeling activated and unsafe, when you're protecting yourself. So the idea of pushing past laziness as a means to create long-lasting change, from a nervous system perspective, it's like futile, counterproductive, uh, like a a misdirected waste of effort. Because if laziness is a manifestation of self-protection, you know that someone is feeling unsafe when they're being lazy. It's not a lack of commitment to themselves and their goal it's a manifestation of fear. And change cannot happen when fear is present. There's a much, much better way to deal with fear rather than to push past it, to ignore it, or to do its opposite. Doing its opposite is a form of invalidation, (laughs) actually. Oh, you feel lazy? Just, Just do it. Just like, just get up and force yourself to do it. Just get out of bed. You feel like you're gonna die, like you've got zero energy? Well, just do the opposite, get up, move your body. That's essentially a form of invalidation. A form of invalidation to a fear that is emerging or to an experience of feeling unsafe. Real change, long-lasting deep change cannot happen when fear is present because your nervous system will block the process the process of change, while well, it's too busy protecting itself. It's a super complex process, but but this is the gist of it. And therefore, any progress that you may see or feel when you're in a state of fear, but you're trying to, like, push past it and just, like, do the opposite thing or ignore it, you may experience some change, but that change is ultimately temporary. If you see any at all. That's what makes change in that way, like mindset change, just doing the opposite, just, you know, notice that you're fearful and like do the thing anyway. That's what can make change and healing feel like it takes a billion years and moves at a snail's pace. Because your 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 efforts to create change actually might be reactivating your nervous system. And while that's happening, you're in this constant push-pull, this constant push-pull of am I moving forward? Am I sliding back? Am I, moving, am, I, am I making any progress? So to return to the questions that I asked you earlier in this episode, do you ever find yourself asking yourself, like, why am I doing this thing again? What is wrong with me? Why can't I stop doing this? Well, it's highly likely that there's an element of unsafety at the heart of what seems to not change, no matter how hard you try. Now, the presence of fear in the face of change, right? That's nothing new. Change is it's vulnerable, it's scary, change in and of itself, because you don't know what's actually going to happen. You don't know what's what's gonna come down the line. You're familiar with what feels uncomfortable, but like, oh my gosh, what if creating the change makes it worse? Right? The presence of fear in the face of change is nothing new, but so, so, so many change-oriented approaches, psychotherapy, life coaching, even yoga and acupuncture, and those are my realms of expertise, um, They're based on changing your mindset to push past fear in one way or another, to just try and do something else without actually being with and addressing what's underlying the behaviors that you feel are problematic or that you'd like to change. And that, my friends, as we are coming to learn more and more about the brain and about nervous system physiology from neuroscience and advances in imaging, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the long-term. Pushing past fear actually activates those self-protective responses or deepens them, does the opposite of what you're ultimately trying to do. And if you do see any progress In the face of fear, I'll say it again, it's likely that those, that kind of progress, it's temporary or it's surface level where the deep down levels are are battening down the hatches even tighter. Creating change is allowing those hatch bolts to loosen on their own terms, to use this metaphor. Um, Creating change is about feeling safe enough for the bolts to loosen themselves, so to speak, so that the hatches open of their own accord. When the hatches have opened freely, they can remain open over time. And this process of allowing the the bolts to loosen themselves and the hatches to open freely, if you will, this process is (laughs) much, much gentler than a push-pull fight of fear versus progress, of fear versus goals, fear, goals. From a nervous system-informed perspective, a push-pull fight with fear is a lose-lose game anyway. So why waste your time with something that's harsh, ineffective, and can make things worse? Again, there's a much... Much better way to heal, to find your self worth, and to have that life that's full of ease and happiness, of of like the loving connections and fulfilling purpose that you that you want, that you deserve. And that's really exactly what the polyvagal theory is. It's all about. So the next episode will be all about what's at the heart of safety in a nervous system-informed approach. If you find this interesting, please leave a review and subscribe so that you know exactly when the next episode drops. And if there are any topics that you'd like to see me cover, please make those suggestions in the review or the comments section. Also, feel free to check out my current and future offerings at my website, itbeginstomove.com. This is McPherson with the Safe Enough podcast and It Begins to Move Studio. I'm so glad that you're here and that we're here together. I'll see you in the next episode and take care, kind soul.